0: This he can shave whichever part of his body he wants.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Attack in Scrum podcast. While the Welsh sporting world is mourning or uh, remembering the uh, fabulous exploits of Gareth Bale, we have got to move on and uh, and talk about Welsh regional rugby. Um, But (laughs) that said, uh, I don't think it was that bad a weekend, personally. And uh, here with me to to pick the bones out of it is the Mighty Murph. Evening. And back by popular demand, join us for the second week on The Spin. It's Dive Sports. Harry Corrish, how are you, Harry?
2: Yeah, yeah, good, thank you. Uh,
1: Right, so tonight's show, we are going to be, as I say, reviewing the... Uh, the rugby from the weekend, and uh, one man who was watching that with uh, with a close eye was Warren Gatland, and of course he will be naming his squad very very shortly. So what better opportunity for us to do exactly the same thing uh, in our uh, famous, infamous, or uh, run of the mill selection specials? Uh, we'll be putting on the old selection blazers, the committee blazers, and filling the room full of Rothmans cigarettes um, in order to to come up with a. Uh, with a, a conclusive 35-man squad. Um, so we'll be doing that in the second half of the show, but first let's take a look back at the action from the weekend. I think the best place to start is the uh, is the Cardiff versus Scarlets game because, as you put it before we came on air, Murph, that was the most exciting one.
0: Yeah, uh, the other two were kind of um, uh, underperforming, aspects of the Ospreys game and the Dragons game whereas um, this uh, Scarlet's um, Cardiff game was quite pulsating and I think uh, a lot of youngsters uh, who haven't really yet made an impression internationally um, stood out and um, so I, even, that made it even more interesting for me because uh, the likes of um, uh, Joe Roberts I'm going to get someone's name wrong now Carwin Tobi to uh Mason Grady all featured a lot and um that's unusual (laughs) we seem to have had the same crop of players performing for quite a long time really around Wales Uh, so it's unusual and exciting because uh, it shows Kieran Kieran, uh, Williams had a he's not young anymore he's 25 but uh, he had a great weekend and uh, he's in a great run of form anyway so um, yeah people are putting their hands up and it's uh, in a way it's like the ones who haven't been touted so much because up to now it's been like the Max Llewellyn kind of uh, Smoking Joe kind of uh, crowd and um, it, it was a different different crop altogether really
1: Yeah it was, who uh, who caught your eye in that game Harry?
2: Yeah there were a few uh, good performances I thought Blacker put his hand up uh, once again he was excellent, uh, the Tongan boys at Scarlet were just ridiculous, some of the, the ball handling skills it's just Sublime. I thought Patrol looked good. Um, he played well and uh, yeah that there was good off the base of the scrum as well. So yeah, as as you as Murphy just said, it's it's been an exciting kind of time really with the youngsters coming in and uh, they're all coming into form at the right time.
1: They are, and obviously, as we say, the narrative starts to change at this point in the season because you have got that Six Nations squad looming so it's great to see a number of players put their hands up and as Murph says some some youngsters who might be ones for the for the longer term future. Um but that said we were saying last week pressure on Dwayne Peel had eased a bit off that win over the Dragons. This however was a was a completely different a completely different performance in terms of uh in terms of its its kind of overall ability I think and um do you think this is them starting to turn the corner Murph?
0: Um, I'm not sure if it, uh, it, it could be a combination of two that, that the uh, bubble has burst on this run of form from Cardiff, for sure. You know, the, the December they had was uh, outstanding and they've gone back-to-back losses against the nearest rivals, which I suppose is what Welsh derbies will do to you. Uh, the, um, it reminds me of the, um, the Welsh lobster joke. I must, have the, I must have said the Welsh lobster joke before where a guy goes out fishing, with a Welsh lobster fisherman. And as he's pulling in the pots, one of the lobsters is escaping. I say, I must have said this. As he's escaping, <laughs> do it, do it. As he's escaping, he warns the fisherman and the fisherman says, don't worry, they're Welsh lobster. He'll soon drag them down. And that's a little bit like Cardiff's form. <laughs> they were going well. And then they said, oh, you think you're good, do you? And they battered them yeah. up front, and then they were going well uh, into this game. Well, they were going well uh, uh, up until the Scarletts, and the Scarletts just ran them ragged in a way, um, especially in the first half an hour. And um, so, yeah, that bubble's burst. And 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 I think um, going into Europe now, they'll have to be careful because those games were easy first time round. But the uh, the opposition might have had to look at them now, and it could it could also it could easily. Um, Liam Williams came back and went and disappeared again. their, their form could easily disappear on a hole, I think.
1: Yeah, I'm presuming that Liam Williams went off um with that with that massive shiner on his on his face, didn't he? Um so I'm guessing that was that was the reason for the injury. I would imagine that's probably not too much of a of a long term concern, is it, Harry?
2: No, you wouldn't have thought so. Uh looked quite kind of innocuous really, and uh yeah, he sh- should be back uh, fairly soon, you would have thought.
1: Um, a couple of refereeing decisions, as we always have to to get stuck into. Two yellow cards brandished brandished by uh, by Joy Neville for for head collision incidences, one uh, one on each side. Do you think uh, do you think she got those got those calls right, Harry?
2: Yeah, I'd say so. Um, it's just part of the game now, um, and uh, you can't really get away from it. Um, I think you, they're trying to stamp out um, that kind of tackle really um, and um, yeah I think it's fair enough and you Math. yeah well
0: the mitigation on the uh, Tamani one was the guy was dropping to the ground when he hit him uh, I didn't I didn't see the other one as clearly um, it's a very hot topic this weekend because of um, Owen Farrell's tackle which again went unpunished um, he's being cited though so that that's that's going to be a big story over the next few weeks because if you're sighted, it's sort of six weeks is the minimum, which makes him miss the start of the Six Nations, obviously. Uh, so it would be interesting to see what excuse the disciplinary panel come up with for reducing it below the minimum to make sure he's available for the games in Stockholm uh, next month.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the, the inconsistencies on these things, like you say, it should be pretty straightforward that it's a, that it's a six minimum for getting sighted, but every single time. There seems to be some way of uh, of kind of weasling out when it comes
0: to, um, especially comes to... especially for tier one nations who are very heavily re- represented on on all the boards all over the world So
1: Yeah, exactly. So we'll yeah you know, we'll we'll wait and see what happens with that. But you're right; it is it is a hot topic again. The, the Tamani one for me, um, I you know I think to be fair, based on the current directives, the referee got them got them right. That that is mitigation, but. Somali one was a nasty, nasty um tackle, I think. And uh I don't know. I've said this numerous times on here, but I think they're the ones if you're if you're genuinely trying to stamp it out, you've just got to get rid of them. And it would yes, mm. would it have been a harsh red card in the current climate? Yes. Is it better to just completely eradicate any of those? Yes. Mm. Whereas the other one was at a snail's pace. It was a head collision, but it was at a very, very slow mm. pace and um and I just think that's the that's the thing that you know rather than oh well he was dipping a little bit, I don't know I think you've almost got to kind of just get out of the way of it but
0: yeah, I think um there's there's some head high tackles where the tackler is almost on tiptoes yeah. <laughs> and, and in tamari's defense he was very hinged at the waist you know he was no, you're right you're right yeah. uh, um, and some of them you know they're, they're actually standing up into the tackle and that's when they end up catching someone in the face with their shoulder yeah. or whatever. And I think those ones should be clamped on. Cause if you're standing up at the tackle, you're very likely to catch someone high. But as if you hinge, you know, he's almost bent at 90 degrees to Manny. If you're doing that, then at least you know, the intent is not there. You're Even if they got, man. yeah, if the guy falls then it's uh, still not ideal, but just get everyone, everyone bent down low to start with. And, uh, and, and, um, and go from there at the moment but it's the ones where uh, you catch him in the face and you haven't even tried to go low at all like a, a little bit like Owen Farrell <laughs>
1: yeah no you're absolutely right and then let's let's take a look at the, the other games because you said that you know um, perhaps the, the the Osprey's game wasn't a spectacle but on paper what was it 10 minutes to go leading against Leinster with you know with a, a good few internationals going this this run of good form seems to continue, Harry, doesn't it? For the Ospreys, even though, <laughs> even though it's a loss, a loss against Leinster in a way is like a loss against the All Blacks, really, isn't it? Or peak All Blacks.
2: Yeah, the, the Leinster are a fantastic team; I haven't uh, lost this season. But I think it's those key areas um, which uh, were, were obviously um, a big uh, thing in this game. Um, I think Ospreys really fronted up. Um, at the beginning their pack was phenomenal as per usual um, I thought they they really set the tone at the beginning with the uh, Nicky Smith uh, taking Ala toa up into the air um, and the the crowd were right behind them and I think that really set the tone really um, struggling a little bit with the back line with those changes after Prothero went off um, but In the final third, again, I think their their back line didn't really fire. They couldn't find a way. I'm not saying Leicester, uh, sorry, uh, their defence is phenomenal, but they do need to improve in that area. But it's the same old kind of thing, uh, set-piece was exceptional. You can't fault that, and it's just uh, those final little bits, really.
1: How do you assess it, Murph? Good performance or missed Uh, opportunity?
0: uh, Yeah, the reason I said it was... uh... Dull not dull game, a duff game is because I thought that looked like a rare off day for Leinster when they arrived. They weren't anywhere near full strength, and it looked like they were having a duff game for me. And I thought the Ospreys had got themselves into a winning position. And I think, and I, I know I'm kind of singling him out on a regular basis now, but I think if Owen Williams was playing, they go on to win that game. Yeah. Um, there was a there was a key it was a turning point midfield, Jack Walsh just flung a ball at Alan Jones, nowhere near his hands and um, Leinster picked up from there no, never really looked back it seemed to just spark him into life and it was just a wishy-washy pass and you, you can't there's probably positions where you can afford to be a little bit loose but half-back is not that position you can do it and I think um, I, I, I I I feel like I'm singling the guy out because he, he has got ability but he he just he, Jack Walsh has just got to tidy up on the on the the details in his game, I thought Jospeh. The reason I was disappointed in that game is because I thought they were in a winning position there, and um, just the I thought the the heads dropped a little bit with the, the amount of errors just started cre- creeping in, and they lost the intensity, and that's when Leinster just sort of swarmed back into it. That's the way I look at it, anyway.
1: Yeah, and you know I think um, you've mentioned there that it's another big performance up front, and I've, I've no doubt that a large amount of those players are going to feature when it comes to us uh, us selecting uh, our squad in the second half before we do that though uh, we have to talk about another dragons defeat um and with this one i felt after after 10 minutes i thought oh god here we go it's going to be, this is gonna be a, a 50 pointer and then there was a, a weird yeah. a weird point where the dragons gave me a bit of hope of getting back into it um, Harry, how do you look at this one? Is this another you know, is this another another game where they've just they've drifted off for too for too big a chunk of it to, to be able to compete, or is this again a sign that things are improving that they're able to compete with a side as as powerful as the Bulls?
2: Yeah, I think that all that op- the, the the start of the game really showed where they were lacking, really. I think they're there's key positions where if they lose one or two players, they're they're left one thin I think. Um, I think that then after that yellow card, they, they really, uh, got into the game a bit. Um, they, they started showing their, what, what they want to do, the, the, the quick hands and everything in the back. So that started to become exciting. and I think that showed where they were. I think the scrum is an issue. Um, I think they, they really, um, it really caused it. I know the, the bulls have got an excellent scrum, but I think, uh, the two props, uh, starting props are giving away some of the most, Penalties in the URC at the moment, so it's a huge issue. And without that that uh, set piece um, up front, then I don't think you can do much uh, behind it. But there were some good performances in there. I thought George Knott was excellent. Um, he's he's really come back um, with a bang, um, and even Max Clark as well. I think he had a good game as well.
1: Yeah, I, I think looking at those players who've come in over the summer, largely speaking, they've they've enhanced the squad. Murph, we always talk about you know kind of upgrades don't we and uh, it feels like the, the players that they have brought in over the summer have have definitely meant that it's a, it's a stronger that there is more strength in depth but there's a couple of those key positions that if if one or two players get injured then it can really affect them can't it
0: yeah um, I, I'm really worried at the moment that they're lapsing back into last season's form at the moment the last sort of three games um, and I mean it, that, that game against such a strong pack was always going to be the worst, kind of the worst possible opposition for the Dragons to face. Mm. Um, a running team, they, they, I think they can go toe to toe with, but uh, that kind of uh, scrummaging power is a big problem for the Dragons. I don't think they were helped by some of the errors through the spine of the team. It's, uh, uh, sort of, well, 9, 10, 15, we're making a lot of errors throughout the game. So, and that, that's that, those things. Unforced errors is what made me think it looked like last season's form. Yeah. Um, mm. So, I think I, I don't know where the uh, first choice guys are at the moment. Um, Roger yeah, Williams is on his way back, I think. Oh, but Bertrand yeah, who's Bertrand, been came yeah, off the bench, yeah, yeah, they need to start again, I think. And, and uh, uh, obviously, a steady and sort of hand in hand influence as well would help them. Um, because if you're not careful, like this can with a side just. Only just kind of in the early stages of turning themselves around, the the confidence can disappear quite quickly, and so I think they need uh, a lot of steady and influences in the side as quick as possible. And it would help if they're not playing a massive pack next time round.
1: Yeah, I mean the thing with the massive pack is (coughs) like you're absolutely right there, boys. It's the it's the scrum I think in particular. Like at points, it felt like the Dragons were able to deal with the the kind of the the line out threat um but it was the scrum that they couldn't deal with um collisions and ball carrying and and even to a certain degree breakdown wasn't bad the defensive sets were were generally quite good i thought but it, the thing that it cost was was decision making really poor um really poor kicking game in the opening 10 minutes in particular and that that completely cost you know loose kicks like that um you know, when you got backline with people like Arents in it, you know, for all the for all the power up front, they've still got some sparkling runners in there, the Bulls, and and it, it could have cost uh, it could have cost even more, I thought, but it'll be really interesting to see how the next few weeks go because I think you're right, it, this is about stopping that rot now, and because if you go on a, a losing run or a winless run of five, six, seven, eight. Games, it all of a sudden that confidence really does seep out of it, and mm. those narrow defeats turn into turn into big ones, and everything starts to roll away. So, mm. I think it's uh, it's really important that they're able to to get some wins, but you know now and when the uh, when the internationals are away. Uh,
0: in fairness, I, I thought what Di um, Fanagan said at some stage after the game was uh, important. As about the, last year, that side put sixty points on them, mm. so you know they to come back from uh, where they were after sort of uh, 15 minutes and, and then be back in it was was uh, encouraging it was just the way it fell off again after that that yeah. concerned me That's all. so hopefully it you know it, it doesn't uh, snowball out of control for me
1: yeah, fair point. Right. Well, that will do us for the review of the uh, of the weekend. Oh, I do have to say as well, two other performances that really caught my eye. Dan Davis for the Scarlets. Just mm. before we go to break, I thought that was that was a really good, uh, really good performance from him. Mm. Um, and we're definitely going to talk about it because I talk about him every week. But Falatai was just absolutely imperious, even in a, <laughs> even in a losing course. So uh, yeah, plenty more of this um, of this love loving to come uh, in the second half of the show. But first, we're going to have this quick break. Right, boys. Just before we put the uh, the committee blazers on and start selecting our squads, um, I do want to look at the because because we're you know less than a month away from the start of the tournament now. Um, the coaching setup hasn't been finalised yet, but good friend of the show, Steph Thomas, ran an article today on the Wales Online talking about the most likely uh, candidates to to fill those those seats. So. I'll just kind of talk you talk you through those if you if you haven't seen it already. Um, but Alex King, looking like the front runner for the attack coach, um, obviously someone who's got a, a little um, a little taste of Wales a few years back, was not he? Kind of dropped. Was it twenty thirteen or twenty seventeen? I think he uh, um, came in and, and did it did that job on a on an interim basis. Um, and again, lots lots of experience. Um, coached at some some big sides. Coached out in France. Coached with with Gloucester. Um, and given that he's kind of on a on a free at the moment, that doesn't feel that doesn't feel like a like a bad appointment to me. What do you reckon, Murph?
0: It's the wasp connection again, isn't it, with uh, Gatland? And it must have, when you mentioned the Yuri was, it must have been in a Lions year when, when yeah, Gatland was away. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, uh, and, and, I, and I'm assuming uh, Paul Gustard is uh, the other option. Or... I'm uh, not sure, sure if he's
1: defence, he's defence coach. Right,
0: okay, that's confirmed. Is it? I'm not sure if it's Gustard as in bastard or Gusted as in custard. I, I think
1: I, I go Gusted as in custard. Yeah, I prefer that. Tackling tackling the big issues as
0: always. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, again, with the Alex King thing, it depends. Is it a long term appointment or is it just for the World Cup? Um, I think, if on a on a interim basis, any of the appointments are ideal because it's just um, fresh um, voices and and fresh ideas coming into the squad. who have had a lot of the same people for years on end. I think, um, so yeah, I I, I don't suppose he's the hottest property in the sport as an attack coach at the moment, but uh, at the same time. You know, look from the setup we've just come from, there's not an awful lot to beat, so uh, uh, I'm okay, I'm okay with it.
1: I would argue, Harry, as well, that the defence coach is a much more important um, appointment for Gallon, given the the style of play that he's had in the past. Given that it's Sean Edwards' boots that he needs to fill, and also the amount, the the, the little amount of time that they're going to have as uh, to to really kind of influence an attacking style of play, I kind of argue really that getting that defensive system back in place is, is probably the more important appointment. Would, would you agree with that?
2: Uh, yes. Uh, it's, it's obviously it's the bedrock. Um, like if if you can see points, you can't win games. Um, you've got to start stopping that rot really. Um, I think it's very inconsistent over the last few months. Um, and yeah, I, I think they, they really need to step up now and, and it, it is a big job. Um I think it, the, the Wales side hasn't been firing for a while. They'll be under pressure. With um, Gatland coming in, they want to do well. And I think with his style of play, you need to uh, stop that um, kind of points being scored against you um, and try and nick a few games, build some confidence. Um, and then you can start firing with the, the vast array of uh, attacking talent that we've got.
1: And the thing for me, again, is is that experience in that position. Again, you know, Gustard was—I uh, almost said Gustard then as well. I'm, you know, you've, you've got inside my mind, Emma. Um, but yeah, Gustard again. Obviously, was influential in that in that Saracen side in the kind of the the early to mid twenty uh, tens. Um, had a coaching stint. At, obviously, was in the England. England set up for a while. I had a coaching stint as head coach at Harlequins, which was a. I suppose is the one that's kind of damaged his reputation a bit. Um but as a defence coach, you know, I think his pedigree is is really, really strong and I'm hoping that um I'm hoping that's gonna that's gonna be proved that's gonna be proved right. The other um the other kind of a point, obviously Jonathan Humphreys and, and Neil Jenkins staying on, and then the other one that looks as though it may um, it may well happen is is Jonathan Thomas coming in as line out and, and contact skills coach. Uh what do you make of that one, Murph?
0: Surprises me actually on top of John Lennon because I think he's done a um, good job with the scrum and the driven line out. I don't, we've never had, I mean, we've rarely really a great line out, but we have actually got a driven mall now. So I'm a little bit surprised they've got someone over the top of uh, John Lennon in a way. But then um, they did that a little bit before with. Uh, Sam Orban coming in as breakdown on top of uh, Byron Hayward, which is kind of stealing his thunder a little bit. So, I mean, as long as it works between the coaches involved, I don't suppose it's a problem. Um, broadly speaking, I'm in favour of Jonathan Thomas. I, I, I like, I like when I hear him interviewed uh, on whatever whether it is as a as a Worcester coach or just as a pundit. I've always uh, I always got a lot of time for what he says.
1: While we're on that topic, here's one for you, Harry, a play, uh, an ex-player turned coach who I've really enjoyed the punditry of lately um, is Mark Jones and he's someone who's been kind of linked with was linked with this a bit do you think he's um you know he's he's perhaps someone that, that was that was in the reckoning for uh for well either attack or defense he's done both he's done both roles in the past
2: yeah I, I'd have liked to to have seen him in to be honest uh I think he's he's got good experience he's been with the Crusaders with uh, Scott Robertson and yeah, obviously I enjoyed watching him back in the day down at the Scarlet. Um, I think he's very impressive, the way he talks, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, um, I think he, he's got he's good in a few areas and that kind of thing. But I'd, I'd like to see him in amongst it. Uh, maybe you haven't got him now, but maybe one to look at for the future.
1: Yeah, and as as you were saying, there, Murph, with all of these appointments, you don't know how long they're actually going to be because it might be that that things kind of all change after the World Cup because it's kind of happened so late in the uh, so late in the cycle but um yeah anyway we will see one thing that everyone can be very very grateful for is the fact that we are not selecting the squad however for the purposes of the next 20 minutes or so that will be exactly what we're doing um i feel like we're perhaps an upgrade on where what Wayne Pivak's uh, selections were but probably a downgrade on on uh, on where well, Gabon we, we will
0: be. we're trying not to pick anyone who's definitely haven't played or trained for months on or end. Is,
1: or yeah, or <laughs> is injured, yeah, his injured and hasn't trained for three months. Yeah, um, hopefully we won't we won't make those mistakes. Uh, let's start as we always do though um, with the props, and I'm going to come to you, Murph, because I uh, need <laughs> I need you. I need, you. You, I need <laughs> you to get your risk to get your risk carry. Uh, fanboyness out of the out of the way first so we've got time to talk about the
0: other 34 positions <laughs> okay well I, I, I would I, clearly I would have him in my squad you uh, until Nicky Smith's recent form I think Reese was the standout um blue said uh in the country throughout most of the autumn and and, and across Christmas um I, I, like I said he's the heaviest carrier in the country he, um different like Nicky Smith is a good carrier but he's using his footwork and uh Reece Kelly is not using footwork. Um so he's a different option and I would probably just because of the way he scrimmaged in South Africa I would I would also keep Gareth Thomas in the squad so that that would be my three.
1: Um I can't disagree with that they would absolutely be my three. Any anything more to add there uh, Harry
2: no, definitely not. I put them down as my three. Uh, very impressive and nice. Uh, few different options there. Um, mm. to yeah, they, the, they are. The, they,
1: they kind of all offer all offer something different, really, don't they? Gareth Thomas very much a scrummaging. loose said, Reese Carey very much in the loose, and Nicky Smith is kind of a bit of all, plus a bit of plus a bit of breakdown stuff in there as well. So it does feel yeah. like the number one shirt's got some got some good options there. Uh, when it comes to tight head, there's probably one clear runner in terms of in terms of uh, Tom Francis. Um, you'd have to say Dylan Lewis on kind of recent international form as well. Um, when it comes to the third, I'm fresh out of ideas here. Who, who would you be looking at, Harry? Uh,
2: well, two two of the boys at the scarlet have really impressed mm. me. I I really enjoyed watching Harry O'Connor um, from way back from uh, watching him at Sunday really from from a youngster. Um, he's always taken his challenges. I remember him coming to Aberavon, and Aberdeen got one of the best scrums in the Indigo Premiership under Mark Breeze, former Cardiff Blues player, um, and he really took on the experienced guys, and I, I just stood back and, and just admired him, just just his, his ball was really there, but he, he's an excellent uh, in the loose as well. Um, but, yeah, so I, I think he's an option. Obviously, you've got Sam right? I haven't seen too much of him, really. Um, I know he just started getting into the Scarlet squad now. Um, but, yeah, it, 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 that is the decision to make with the props, I think. is I think, obviously, you've got Thomas Francis, Dylan Lewis. Hopefully, he'll be okay. Um, he's just coming back from an injury. But, yeah, uh, mm. yeah it's definitely a problem, uh, uh, well, a difficult uh, selection there.
1: Yeah, I mean while we're talking Scarlets as well, sorry Murph, just before we come to you there, I, I suppose Will Griff John had been something of a disappointing signing <laughs> until recently, actually. I would say is, you know, his kind of um last couple of performances have have given us a, a glimpse of what I think people were, were hoping for. Is is he someone who could be in with a shout, Murph?
0: Um, I'm struggling to even remember who the three tight ends were in the autumn. It would have been uh, Dylan, Tom, and I can't mm. remember who the third one was. It wasn't Leon Brown, was it?
1: No, Leon's been injured virtually the whole season. Um, I think it. I think it must have been. Uh, it must have been Wainwright. I would have thought, but he didn't get close to. Uh, no, because he, he went to South Africa, didn't he?
2: he did uh, yeah,
0: but that was because there uh, was no tight deads left in the country at that stage, <laughs> and then he had, he had a good tour. Uh, 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 just going slightly off topic. Uh, they're suddenly very well off for tight deadstone in um in. Uh, the Scarlets, you know, mm-hmm. um, Sebastian played well on the thing, and mm-hmm. then you've got Will John then you've got Sam and then you've got, Samuel, and then you've got That's that's more depth than any of the uh, regions at the moment. The three, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, like, like we mentioned, and Lewis hasn't played. If he doesn't turn out in either of these European games now, mm-hmm. you, you, you'd probably have to pick him anyway, but you're really struggling then if, if he's unavailable because I'm not sure. I, 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 based on Based on recent selection, obviously this is a different regime now altogether, but he'd uh, probably, probably go Sam, Rain- Sam Wainwright as his third choice and hope Dylan Lewis is fit again.
1: Anything to be said for Tom Bota in all of this, now Welsh qualified over the summer?
0: He's had his best performances for the Ospreys in the last few weeks, but I still don't think it's enough to... He's not actually... um uh, first time I saw him in the flesh was New Year's Day. He's not actually the most athletic of uh, tight heads, shall we say. That's putting, right. it, so what, putting it
1: politely okay. as I can. Okay. All right. Well, let's. Um, before I get embroiled into this, uh, into this, um, uh, this this feud with a an international or a a professional head prop, I'll leave that. Well, I'll leave that. Into you <laughs> um, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna say. Right, Tom Francis and Dylan Lewis. We're gonna we're gonna take a punt on. Out of those options, I would probably just go Wainwright. I think because of the experience, but. Thinking back to the autumn, I think I think he did play, and he had a rough time in one of those games. But mm. um, but I probably just go for him, uh, Harry. Where, where are you going? Uh,
2: it's a difficult one, but yeah, I probably go Wayne Wright as well. Um, I, I did like just like to uh, uh, mention Harry O'Connor there because I think he yeah, will be it's, good it's, it's for the future. Time, but but I, yeah. yeah, yeah, but maybe not quite yet. Um, but yeah, Sam Wayne Wright uh, is an interesting one.
0: Happy with that, Murph. Yeah, well, you know, we're we're limited, especially if the Lewis is not available. It's going to get really awkward then, but uh, hopefully he's fit.
1: Fair enough. Right, on to hookers. Um, There's probably four candidates here, I would say, Mm. in Ken Owens, Ryan Elias, Dowie Lake and Bradley Roberts. Who are your three, Murph? Let's go to you first.
0: I was was sick with the... Now that Debbie Lake's fit, I would stick with the three that were kind of the dominant ones last year, which is uh, Elias, Owens, and Lake. But I suspect this could be a position where um, Gallon's guillotine comes out and someone's career gets a little bit foreshortened.
1: Really? Mm. Are we thinking, what are you thinking, Ken? Yeah. Really? Mm. That's very, very interesting. What do you reckon, Harry? Do you- I mean, because obviously he's one of. Gatland's trusted lieutenants. He's he's been there a huge amount. You know, done never really taken a backward step for him. He's taken him on Lions tours. Do you think? Uh, do you think? I mean, sentiment has never stopped him in the past. Do you think uh, this, this could be the the end for for Ken Owens?
2: Uh, listen, I don't want to. I, I want to be able to come out safely. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and last time uh, I was there was twenty nineteen. So I think I'm going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But yeah, it's a possibility. I don't know. I, I was really impressed with uh, Bradley Roberts up against the Scarlets, uh, up against Ken. I uh, thought he, he had a great game there and he, he really uh, put him under pressure. So I, I, I'm really liking the look of Bradley Roberts. I think he's he's taken a leadership role at uh, the Dragons as well. Um, and if you're looking a bit further on as well, you need, you need to get some experience, I think.
1: Interesting. So, yeah, I mean, for I, I think Gats will stick with Ken Owens. He's only got to get him through till the, you know, through till the the World Cup, and I think Ken will have more than enough to to offer there. Um, so, I I would go for Ken Owens, and I think he, and I think he will as well. Dowie Lake for me is the long term successor. I think he's going to fit the Gatland mould superbly, big, physical. First choice, you know, I athletic. think. For Gatland, first choice, I think so. First, quite possibly. I think he's a future Welsh captain as well. While we're um. While we're, yeah. while we're at it, I think he's a, an excellent, um, excellent player. And then of Elias and Roberts, I mean, I've been so impressed with Roberts at the Dragons, you know, and even when things have been falling apart around him, he is one of those players, who just stands up and, and gets stuck in, um, in all aspects of his game. I just wonder, given the, um, the weakness at tight head, whether we're going to need to go for all of our best scrummaging options. Mm. And with that in mind, I think Ryan Elias is the um is the better um is the better option there so it's very unlucky but I would just I would just sneak with Elias on this one I think. Um so that is the that would be the the deciding vote on that one. Um second row is interesting. So I suppose you can't really talk about the second row without talking about the back row with it as well because it depends if you if you've got a couple of hybrid players into the mix. Um I would say what we're going to need here is what five second row options and six back row, but there may be a couple who cross over. Um, let's come to you first on this one, Harry. Who do you think uh, would be the kind of the, the shoe ins in the second row?
2: Uh, well, you, you can't look further than uh, Adam Beard and Alan Wynn. Um I think they both played well for the Ospreys. Um, you can't go away from there. Um, I think you've got a tough decision now. Um, I would impressed with uh george not so i think he'll he'll be a name that will be mentioned at least um but then reese davis i've been very impressed with um solid hasn't missed the tackle this season um he gives that a, that grunt in up front um and then obviously david jenkins is another name um very exciting but I'm not too sure whether it's a bit soon for him
1: yeah um, there was um there, there is the kind of the latest on on Ben Carter as well seems to be that, it, that he is going to be fit I, I think his his form has kind of has suffered a little bit this season and has been interrupted by injury so I kind of wonder and, and he spent most of the autumn carrying tackle bags as well which I don't think helps so I think that's probably going to um, that's probably going to put pay to this campaign but he's, he's a you know his first season was absolutely outstanding so I think he'll be back but I don't think he's going to be in and amongst this one agree I, I think Adam Beard, Alan Wiener are, are absolutely nailed on and um, Reese davis is a player I would definitely like to see in there. Murph, what what's, what have you made of him this this season?
0: Yes, uh, I I heard a rumour around the way on the US day that um, Alan Wynn was no longer considered first choice um, at the Ospreys with Reese davis form. Um, but he 's still been on the pitch all the time at late i i 't think mm. I think Lee staves is carrying a knock or something because he 's not starting many games uh, mm. and I, again I, I i think if will Rowlands was fit, I think this is another position where we could could have seen a a legend getting called off by Gatland just to send out the message more than anything else uh because
1: it, well, I think we disagree on this one mate i think it's i, I think i think after the World Cup there will be Clearly, yeah,
0: clearly there's going to be retirements. But I I just, uh, the way um, Gatlin seems to make a point of uh, leaving people stranded on, you know, the Jamie Roberts, the Martin Williams, the Adam Mm. Joneses, he, he likes to... Make everyone feel like they're not safe in the squad at all yeah. at all times. And I just think with the amount of young second rows you just mentioned, you two have just mentioned between you, you know, Reese Davis, Seb Davis, George Knott, uh, David Jenkins, Ben Christians Carter, Christian, who uh, he, he thinks he's a six, uh, but <laughs> we'll see. Uh, 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 and can definitely do six or four. But uh, with all those players come through, that's another position where Gatlin could easily send out a message and just call someone. But I think with Real, Will Rowlands being out long term I I don't think it'll happen now Um, so I agree with everyone you've mentioned probably
1: what about Seb Davis
0: I think so because Will Rollins is not there and I think maybe George Mark gets in ahead of David Jenkins just because he's got more experience Uh, but at the same time I mean the thing is with George not uh, David Jenkins now, because he's being capped, so they can safely not pick him for a while without worrying about him being picked up over the border. Um, so, yeah, it, it's uh, it, from a while ago looking troublesome with only three yeah. three tidy uh, um, um, second rows in the squad, and now with. Um, so many of them playing well it's less of a problem so I, I'm not that I'll give whatever you to decide I'm happy to go with
1: it's good we're about we're about 13 minutes into this conversation and has already lost his energy
0: <laughs> no no is it, um, are we see are we picking five or four because I think
1: I think we're saying well probably five unless you really want that it's four maybe four, really four and shuns, shuns are in the back row I think that's. Yeah, that. yeah, I think yeah. that's probably the answer. Um, and with that in mind, Adam Beard, Alan Wynn, Rhys Davis, I'd say a, a certainly would be would be my three. Mm-hmm. And then it's either you go Dav Jenkins or Seb Davis.
0: Mm. Um, well, I've not seen, hu-
1: yeah, seen a huge amount of, of Dav Jenkins to go on.
0: Mm. Um, he played for Exeter last one. week um, in a good game. Played well. Came off early-ish though, but. The, the issue with Seb Davis, of course, was Wayne Pivak didn't fancy him. It does yeah. Does Gatland feel the same way? about him? I, I'm not sure. So he's having. Well, I think as long he's, as having... he's
1: not picking him at number eight. I think
0: uh, <laughs> he's yeah. having a good season. I think for the, for
1: Cardiff. Yeah. So. And I think he's doing a you know a lot more of that. The the, the thing levelled at him is always the, the nuts and bolts stuff. Can he do the grunt work? And I think he can. You know, he, he seems bigger to me. Huh. Um, and I don't. I don't know that off the, the top of my head. And sure I wouldn't he be surprised
0: stats, if he's one. But... I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of the heaviest players in the squad they've picked. Mm. He's a very heavy-set bloke. Um, you know, there's not there's not many bigger players in the country than uh, Seth Davis.
1: What I would say for what I would say for Dav Jenkins is he's probably that little bit. Uh, unexposed so part of me wonders whether Gatlin wants to have a good look at him. Mm. I think he know he knows what he's getting with Seb Davis. You know, he's he's picked him in a number of squads. He's he's you know he's had in there, as we said, experimented with positions a bit, but he kind of knows what Seb Davis can do. I wonder whether he wants to have a really good look and and run the rule over Dav Jenkins as much as anything from like a character point of view. Yeah. You know, I think I think that goes a long way with Gatland. It's like look if I really push you to breaking point how are you going to respond? Because they're the kind of players he wants. Mm. So I would be tempted to maybe just go for Dav Jenkins on this one. What about you, Harry?
2: Yeah, I think so. Um I think Seb Davis has worried me a little bit with his um discipline this season, um, especially when the the going gets tough. And uh, like with Dave Jenkins for the future, maybe that that is a good point. And he has really stood up um in that Exeter Exeter team. There's a lot of big names around him. A lot of experience, um, and I think he's developing really nicely. Um, I think he, he had put in some big performances in Europe as well, and yeah, I think he, I, I could see him going in there.
1: All right, Leah, Let's go, let's go with that then. Beard, Davis, Alan, wynne Jones, Jenkins, and Shunza as a um, as a second row slash back row. Um, God, right, which brings us on to the back row. It's like how many sevens can you manage to get <laughs> into this uh, into this side? Um, and that's a big part for me. I think we said it before, Murph, having the kind of the, the old cliche of balance in the back row has never been more important. So let's let's get your thoughts, Murph, on the, the candidates for for the six spot at the moment.
0: Uh, Shunza Moriarty for me.
1: I like that. I yeah. like that a lot. Yeah. Um, Harry.
2: Yeah, um, I, I'd like those two and possibly uh, Morgan Morris as cover, um, see so he can play at six possibly. That's,
1: that's interesting. Interesting. Um, I mean, we've got to talk about Morgan Morris actually because I've been—I'd say—I find myself more and more impressed every time I see him. I—I I feel like I've definitely been converted into thinking he's going to be an excellent club player. Into there's there's something a bit there's something a bit more. How do you how do you rate it this season from him, Harry?
2: Yeah, it's the last two maybe three years he's been Ospreys' best player alongside Jack Morgan. Um, He's—I don't know—he he's, just. Uh, Everything he does, his quality, his is, uh, breakdown work, especially under pressure, it really impressed me this season. Um, against Montpellier, he was ridiculously good. When when the pressure came on, it seemed like all those Osprey players were waiting for him to to make that big impact when Montpellier got anywhere near their final third. Um, but yeah, I like him in the loose as well. Um, I think he's got a few strings to his bow, um, and I, he's really kicking on now. I think he's had a good few seasons, but now he's really showing that that star quality.
1: Will that be enough to to get him in uh, either Gatlin's squad or our squad, Murph?
0: Um, I think he could make Gatlin's squad, but uh, Pivac never P- Pivac never bothered with him. He went Josh McLeod. Um, Josh McLeod I haven't seen much of him since the autumn I have seen him in the yeah, Scarlet I side think,
1: I don't think he's been properly fit he, no. Um, no. Again, he went off injured in the first game he was back didn't he and, um,
0: and, yeah so I think you, you're going to go Falata when the, uh, Moriarty is back up if you're not picking uh, Josh McLeod and then you probably got three open sides so you, you unless you decide to go
1: I mean, arguably four
0: well go on
1: Jack Morgan, mm. Tommy Reffle mm. Justin Tipperick, mm. Thomas Young.
0: Yeah, oh well, yeah, you got you got, got to mention all them. I wouldn't have yeah. all of them in my squad, no. but you got to mention. I think he's going to pick three though, uh, and I think Thomas Young yeah. will miss out. Uh, you know, the, again, there's another argument um, that uh, Tiprick's under pressure because he's he is yeah. being outperformed by Raffle and by Jack Morgan as a seven. Uh, at the moment, they 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 have quite often have jack morgan and and tiprick on the pitch at the same time but is that big enough at international level uh, are, are you going to push moriarty or Schunzer out of the side just to get these fantastic sides on the pitch i don't think it works and so you, you could argue Tipperick, although he you know is he, so he is you know he's at the end of his days obviously but he is so effective and so experienced but he, he is at club level, he is the one behind Jack Morgan and bef- behind Tommy Raffles for my money.
1: Interesting. Um, what would you be tempted to do here, Harry? Uh, you know, how many how many of these sevens do you want to do? You want to get into the get into the squad? Because if it's me, I, Jack Morgan has to be there. Um, he, he's got he's proven at international level now. I think over the autumn, um, and I think he's got loads more to give as well. Um, So for me, he's he's definitely got to be in there. I think Raffel has to be in there as well, Um, and then I would probably be tempted to have Tipperick in there as as another one, and then someone covering either six or eight, so either Morgan Morris or I don't know, maybe maybe Wainwright. Um, I'm I'm not sure yet. What what would you be tempted to do with this with these back row spots?
2: Yeah, I think uh I think you'd have to put um Jack Morgan in um and Raffle. I think they they've shown that quality, um, especially at international level now. And it, it you really need to let them flourish, gain experience. I think I possibly would have sided with with Murph with Tipperick. Um, but the last few weeks in the Welsh derbies, I think he's been phenomenal. Um, and he played well in Europe. Um, and he's a test match animal. Um, so I think he'll keep in, in in his plans until the World Cup, um, I believe. So I'd have them three as my uh, open sides, possibly. Um, and then, I'd, uh, personally, I'd have uh, Morgan Morris in there as, as cover.
0: Okay. Um, just, just, qu- just quickly on tip, break, Um he probably gets in on his line-out presence because he's always yep. unmarked in the line-out and he probably is probably mm. is the main line-out target for Wales over the last... Well, when, whenever, when he's been fit in the last five months, they threw it to him more than anyone else, I think. So he probably gets in on that basis. And I... I've I, uh, I got a real preference over uh, Martin Morris or Wainwright. I think Martin Morris is... Morgan. Oh yeah, his Dad Martin Morgan Morris is um, been playing better this year, so I I, I, I think um, Wainwright is more of a genuine six if he moves across. So mm. uh, I'll go I'll go with what what either whatever you two just decide.
1: Um. I, we're always talking about how we're struggling, uh, we're struggling at eight, mm. and I think we've got an inform eight. Let's pick him. You know, I it's so unfair on you know, Thomas Young isn't even getting a look in for me, and I think he's been absolutely outstanding this season. Mm. But you can't just have sevens every you know, if if you're picking the football side, you wouldn't have six goalkeepers in the squad just because you could. Mm. Um so for me, yeah, so for me it's it's really unfortunate. But I think um, he just misses out.
0: Uh, special mention Carwin to we I I, I, mm. I don't think he's Done it off, often enough to well to merit being in the squad, but if he keeps going like he did on Saturday, I think we've got a long-term successor to uh, Taolupe there.
1: I would absolutely love that to be the case mm. as well. There'd be some something really beautiful about um, mm. about a, a Welsh Tongan taking on the mantle of a, you know of, of arguably the you know, the best number eight we've ever had. I'd, I'd, I'd absolutely love to see that. Mm. Um, yeah, let right, I, I think let's let's draw a line under this one then for this squad section. Let's let's go with Morgan Morris, I would say.
0: Yeah. Um, it's the
1: form it, pick. Yeah. I think it yeah, and I think that's I think that's only fair. Right, half backs. Uh we discussed a lot of this last week. Um for me, Williams Webb Blacker at nine. Agreed. Harry.
2: Uh I'd be tempted to put in uh, Ruben Morgan Williams. Um, not not the start or anything, but he's he's uh, another attacking um, option at ten. Because um, I think if if you've got, I think Black has been more involved this season than Hardy. I do feel like he can do that job um, well, but yeah, it, it depends what they want from from the nine really. Um, whether they want to stick or twist with with uh, the attack game, or whether they want someone that's more controlling.
1: Yeah, I mean, I suppose where it comes to that, that if we're looking at, I think Williams and Webb are the two who who have to be in there. Webb on form, and you know the fact that he's, we know when he plays at his best, he's you know he's an international, if not world class performer. Thomas Williams, you know, is the is the incumbent, and again, he's just you know we've seen glimpses of it at an international level, but I think if he get it can translate a bit more of those um those special touches at club level, then then we've got another really exciting nine. For me, I think you I think you need a threat at nine. Hardy's Hardy's not had a particularly good season. Gareth Davis has very much gone off the boil. Um Roger Williams, while he's important at the Dragons, I think it's, it's a big step up at, at this point in his career. Black is the one for me that I think has more has shown more than than Ruben Morgan Williams. What do, what do you reckon,
0: Murph? Yeah, it, uh, interesting on Kieran Hardy. I, I think actually when he's been on the pitch for Wales in the last 12 months, he, he's played well at times. Africa. His, he, he his was best good.
1: rugby has been for Wales. Yeah, and,
0: and, so, yeah, yeah. And, he, and the problem is when he's playing for his region he's an international line and he should be able to kind of lift his team. He doesn't mm-hmm. seem... He looks a little bit clueless when he plays for his club sometimes. And that is why it's not it's not based on Kieran Hardy's performances in the Welsh years, it's his club performances. He should be going back and finding regional rugby easier if that makes any sense Uh, and Rhys Webb does make it look easy sometimes you know he's 30 bloody whatever 9 or whatever he is Uh, and he's scoring from outside the uh, opposition 22 he's scoring you know fairly his legs are not what they were obviously but he's still scoring 20, 30 yard tries Uh, he did it in Europe I think I can't remember the specific game but he ended up under the posts against someone Um, Leicester I think yeah yeah, and um, that's you just haven't seen that for his club from Kieran Hardy. You just haven't seen it. So um, we know we know PIVAC didn't want to know Webb, and even before PIVAC, um, Rhys Webb had been turfed out over the 60-cap rule in a controversial way. So he might still be um, unpopular with Gatlin, for all we know. But if this is our side, he's definitely, definitely in.
1: OK, so... That's William, Williams and Webb settled. What, who would your third be, though, Mav? Uh
0: Dame Blacker. Um, I think he's been doing it over a longer... been playing well over a, a longer period of time than, uh, than um, Ruben Morgan Williams has. All
1: right, so that's two votes for Blacker. So that's Williams, Webb and Blacker. And then 10, as we said, is absolutely fascinating. Let's assume Dan Bigger is, uh, is a shoe-in. Um, after that, there's, there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of options, um, and no one really clear cut. Uh, Costello was there in the autumn. I think he's been, yeah, I think he's been good this season. I, and you know, he's very young. I think there's a lot to come. I'd I'd like to see him in there. Um, after that, though, you got Owen Williams. You have got Jared Evans. You know, even part of me was thinking, Patchell putting together a performance like that and staying fit. That, you know, Gatland's a big admirer of him as well. Um, we haven't mentioned Sheedy for a, for a few weeks as well. Um, yeah, I, don't, I don't, know, don't know quite where to quite where to go with it. Who would be who would be in the picture for you, Harry? Uh,
2: for me, I've got down bigger, obviously uh, Owen Williams um, and Sam Costello. Um, absolutely love Costello. Owen Williams being fantastic. The Ospreys, he's really. I think he's been a huge difference for them. Um, with them missing out, on some key uh, tens there Um, um, so yeah there's that point Uh, but I think he's good in those key areas Um, I think defensively he's excellent but also you can use him as a second playmaking option at 12 Um, so I think that's a big plus for him as well
1: Murph thoughts at 10 I know we seem to have been discussing this kind of every week since
2: yeah I mentioned mentioned
0: it it, last uh... week didn't I yeah Uh, well I think the only cast iron one is Dan Bigger Mm. um anyone else could be a a bolter from there Um, like Reese Patchell I I think the reason why the Scarlets have turned around the last few weeks is Reese Patchell or one of the reasons Uh, um, Dan Dan Jones he he, he sometimes is a bit of a handbrake on his own back line when he's playing for the the Scarlets and, and uh, Costello seems uh, to my own personal feelings is that sometimes he can get put off his game if the opposition are up in his face a little bit, a little bit like Jared Evans can actually. Um, so I-, I think there's only one cast iron. If we're trying to predict what um, Gatland is going to pick, I think there's only one cast iron at the moment, but personally I would, uh, I would like to, I would like to take a gamble on Patel's fitness because um, when he's getting it right, he, he He's—I mean—he's—he's—he's a, sideman from the ass. he's a, a, he a fucking lump to bring down, um, at any standard, um, and and then I would probably go based on just how steady and an influence he's been uh, since November. Uh, I go in Williams of my three, uh, but I, I'm not sure that Gatlin will take a gamble on Priestley, uh on Patchell.
1: Well, I mean, yeah. Obviously, a lot of it will come down to fitness, but he's a big admirer of him. You know, you cast your mind back to what would have been the start of twenty eighteen, and as Wales were trying to evolve into a more expansive side, Reese Patchell had snuck in as, as first choice ten at that point. Subsequently, Anskim then kind of came in and came in and took it when when Patchell was injured. But I, I I feel like if if Patchell hadn't had such a run of injuries, he would definitely be in that. Um, uh, be in that in that Wales Twenty Three no uh, yeah. on, a, on a regular basis, and mm. um, I yeah I mean I I'd, I'd be ten- I I agree on on Costello I think I think uh, that um, that Harry said you know I, I'm I'm a big fan of his and I think he's got I think he's got a really really bright future ahead and I think Gatland will again will want to have a good look at him see what he's see what he's made of and he has got international experience now um, I think bigger Costello and. Owen Williams is probably the more sensible pick to allow Patchell to carry on playing and get more more games under his belt because it's been another stop-start season for him. That would be that would be my three for that reason. If everyone's fully fit, Patchell, Patchell is in there as a second choice for me. But what, what about you, Harry?
2: Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, I do like the the Patchell shout. Um, I think that, that that would be quite good. But yeah, um, yeah, he hasn't played much this season. Still getting back to things. So yeah, I'd have to agree.
1: All right, let's go with the let's go with the the, the approaches. I don't often do uh, bigger, <laughs> bigger um, Costello and Owen Williams. Uh, right then, uh, centres. I suppose we're going to say four centres here. This um, is hard. Not as yeah, not as clear cut as it was. Again, we yeah. I remember saying like kind of six months to a year ago, we didn't have many options here. We've got lots of options now. Mm. Um, who are the ones that who are the ones that have kind of caught your your eye in recent times, Harry?
2: Um, well, yeah, as you said, 12 has been a big issue um, of late. I don't think anyone has actually put their, their name down really in that actual Welsh shirt. I think there's been good performances for their clubs, but I think this Six Nations is huge um, for that 12 shirt. Um, look, um, I, I don't want to sound like an Osprey fan by you, but Kieran Williams has just been phenomenal. He's so exciting. Um not the biggest, but that that doesn't uh, put him down at all. He's great in the contact area. The meters after contact is just quite something. Um, like his try against uh, Montpellier, where he, he done a quick little step right to the last minute. He got so many variations, but against leinster what really impressed me was he was really taking it on himself to go as that first receiver um he was working really well with Ruben morgan williams um to try and spot those gaps and he, he did get through i think that that forward pass was an absolutely beautiful angle uh gutted it was forward sadly for him but yeah i think he he's he done really well and i i feel like he should get in there um I'm not too sure otherwise and then uh probably Joe Hawkins. Um I think he he has got everything to do with game is just getting experience now um and really showing himself um at that level.
1: Of the two, you feel like perhaps Kieran Williams is more of a Gatland style player, Murph. It, you know, as you say, perhaps not the biggest, but he is he's still very, very physical and runs, you know, runs good lines. Um, but Hawkins again is is almost something that that Gatland didn't have during his time in much more of a kind of a, a ball playing centre. Apart think from, you fancy both of these. Apart, apart from, the from the brief window
0: ways. of uh, of uh, Hadley Parks, who could do everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just didn't that, that period just didn't last long enough for us. Uh, yeah, I think Joe Hawkins is getting picked on potential a lot. I don't think he's actually yeah. had that many great games for his um, region like. Uh, uh, Kieran Williams has. So I, I would agree with Kieran Williams. I, I think he's actually done it on the pitch rather than imp, uh, impress people behind the scenes kind of thing. Uh, but I, I for that reason, I would still go with Nick Tompkins because when he's going well, obviously he wasn't going well towards the end of the order, but when he's going well, he's, he's the defensive leader uh, in that side. So I think in the early stages of... Uh, um, uh, Anyone taking over, they're going to go with some tried and tested people. Uh, even if he's not first choice anymore, he's still going to be there. So that would be my two twelves. Um, the, thing, the, the thing I've raised with Kieran Hardy before, Kieran Hardy, mm-hmm. <laughs> Kieran Williams before is he, if you watch 30 seconds of his show, uh, highlight reel, you will know everything that he does. There's, you know, the old Martin Onu thing where he got into the New Zealand side, he's brilliant. And they said, if you're going to stay in this side, you're going to have to improve your passing and get a kicking game. Well, as effective as he is, Kieran Williams is one dimensional. And so I think after maybe two or three international appearances, he'll be analysed to death and everyone will know what's happening every time he gets the ball. So he's going to have to, if he's going to, uh, be picked, which I want him to be picked. But if he's going to carry on and stay in the squad for any length of time and be picked regularly, he's going to have to add other uh, aspects to his game. That's that's the only thing I would say about Kieran Hardy, Kieran Williams. But <laughs> but he, he he still he still I think merits being picked. Uh, the the only. Challenger is unfit and is leaving the countries. So, so uh, to, from, of, from from my point of view, from my my tastes in twelve, uh, and that's Max Stowell in. So, um, I, I would go him him and uh, Nick Tonkins. I I don't think you can go into the Six Nations with two novice twelves in the squad in in um, Joe Hawkins and, and Keenan Williams.
1: Okay, and then while we're you know, while we're talking Ospreys, we've got two other Ospreys to to talk about in the centre, but you know, in Watkin and. Uh, and George North as well. Gatland, you know, kind of flirted with North as a bit of a 13. He seems to be at international level anyway, like that's that's going to be his position going forward. Do you think Gatland will have the same opinion, Harry?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, he, he's playing there for the Ospreys now, and, and defensively he's really got that position now. I think he's, he's impressed for a while at 13, I'd say. Um, and maybe he was a bit quiet on, on the wing just before his move um, and I think it's really revitalised his, his love for the game, and he seems to be enjoying his rugby again, getting on the ball, get, making those big tackles, and, and yeah, I, I think uh, 13 is, is where he will will be. Um, elsewhere at 13, I'd, I'd like to see. I, I think he's, he's a Warren Gatland player is Mason Grady. um uh, There's so- yeah, there's
1: there's six six foot seven worth of Warren Gatlin style player there isn't there
2: yeah yeah definitely um, and not even that his, his attacking ability his athleticism I remember him um, at Wales under 20s at 15 um, he's taking high balls like, like it was nothing and yeah I, I'm really excited by him he, he, he looks a fantastic prospect
1: Interesting. I mean, I I think I agree with everything that you've both just said there. I don't think we're any closer to making any uh, any decision on here. Um, I, think the key <laughs> point, I think the key point you said there, Murph, though, is that you're you're going to need experience in that. I think the most exciting prospects are the younger players. I'm really excited by Hawkins. I'm really excited by Slewellyn and Grady as well. Um, I feel like you've got to go. You, you obviously North is going to be in there. I feel like you've got to go with Watkin as well. If I am honest, I know Gatland's a Gatland's a fan of his, um, and he played his best rugby, I think, really when when he's being coached by Warren Gatland. I, so I think he'll go. I think he'll go back to that. Um, I think he'll. I mean, I, I've said I said before. I don't know what my I don't know what my problem with Nick Tompkins is, but for some reason there is a problem there. I think it's um, I don't know. It's, it's occasionally this this kind of running down in dead ends, running down dead ends, which sometimes it can be the you know it can be a a 40 minute a 40 meter break and it's you know it's massive but other times it can look like it's a dead end and um I'm just torn as to what whether that fits into Gatlin's game plan or whether Gatlin will see him as someone he can't who can't quite fit the 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 structure as much but then you know he's, he's a pick for Saracens and they're a very structured side as well so I don't know um you know I'm I would be tempted to load it with inexperienced picks, but that's not the right thing. To
0: do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think you. I mean, definitely, if you're going to pick Mason Grady, you, you want to win. What I know? But if you're picking Mason Grady, I, I'd be very worried about having um, Kieran Williams and Joe Hawkins as well, because then your most experienced centre is an, is a converted winger. Um, mm. So, yeah, I. I Yeah, I I think he sometimes is quite conservative for his selections, Uh, Gatlin, the odd he was when he was with us. So I I can see him going with uh, quite a few tried and tested people and then then, uh, having some maybe the odd... Uh, Bolter in the squad, but I, I can't see them all being thrown into frontline games uh, together. So I, I think he might. He, he, Owen, he, he's a guy who liked Owen Watkins in his time mm-hmm. as coach. So I think he'll be get selected at outside centre with George North myself, and and that's also what I would go with. Mason Grady, my I think he's wilted his feet really in a way, rugby wise. But I, I think at the moment, the fact that he's not starting all the time like like Masuelli was before he got injured suggests that you know Ray Lilo is picked ahead of him a lot suggests that he they think he's not quite there yet uh, Cardiff think he's not quite there and so i would say after all right,
1: the, right, let's rule let's rule out Grady yeah that so a, a, after, after the
0: world cup he's he's, he's going like, to be yeah. is when he's going to have his his chance i would say
1: okay so after all that we go in north
0: Watkin, and then what?
1: Tompkins and Kieran Williams.
0: Th- that's my choice. Uh, I don't want to okay. overrule everyone. <laughs> Harry,
1: yeah, I well, think I'm going to have to
0: go with you, Murph, because I'm I'm just like, so. I'm, I've
1: lost I've lost I've lost track of who I even want in the in the side now. Um, yeah,
0: uh, well, it, you know, I, I was kind of second guessing Gatland a bit, but mm-hmm. it, it is also what, what I what I would choose because of the inexperience, too many inexperienced players in this in the centre at one time.
1: Fair enough. All right. Well, you you happy to go with that as a four then, uh, Harry?
2: Yeah, I think if you lose Joe Hawkins, you possibly got Owen Williams, who can be a ball playing yeah. twelve, and um, and I think with Kieran Williams and Nick Tompkins, I think Nick Tompkins has those extra strings to his bow um, to compared to Kieran Williams. Um, and yeah, I think I think uh, that that that's probably the best way forward.
1: Alright, okay then, that just leaves um, the back three, so if we're saying right, what, five five players in the back three, um, we're assuming, as we said earlier, Liam Williams will be alright, um, you'd have to say he'll come back in as first choice 15, wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, I, I think the, uh, the only challenge, I mean, Lee Halfpenny was uh, back in uh, matches over the Christmas period as well and, and looks fine, but He's not the attacking threat he, he used to, to be. He
1: seemed to want to counter a lot more on Saturday. I thought he, mm. he countered a lot more than he usually does. I don't know if he was, uh, you know, if he's trying to, to to show he's still got that that side to his game, which you know perhaps has been a bit quieter in in recent years. But to mm. me, it, it definitely seemed to be a bit less kicking. Um, but I mean, they, they'll be the two fifties, won't they?
0: Yeah, probably. But I, I would say, uh, uh, my opinion, I think the closest challenger now to Liam Williams at fifteen is Josh Adams because it, mm. if, if say Liam Williams say, say this uh, knock it turns into a quite a long-standing concussion and he's unavailable for the first couple of games I, I think the back three would be new Rhys Samit Rio Dyer and Josh Adams in the middle um, because that is a properly threatening back three you don't want to kick loose to um, whereas if you put Lee Harpenny and you've got all the qualities we associate with him not least his goal kicking but uh not nowhere near the same threat if you kick loose so um I, I think josh adams he only had a couple of games i think for cardiff at 15 over christmas or over december or something and uh, he looked really threatening every time he had the ball so i would say he's the second choice um 15 in the in wales at the moment
1: would you uh, see, I'd be, I I think again, he I, he was good. He was good for Cardiff there. I still just think it's a it's a big step up at international mm, level yeah. to you know in terms of that positioning stuff. And half penny does that better than better than anyone. Mm. Um, but you're right. You know you don't get that counter attacking threat. However, if you've got Josh Adams and then Dyer or Reece Samet to either side of you, you know I think you can kind of maybe afford to have someone who's who is um, a more positionally and kicking orientated mm. fifteen with the, with the, the threats outside. What, what's your thoughts on that, Harry?
2: Um, yeah, I, I pass. I, I I was thinking possibly Liam Williams and half penny. Um, just I, I tried and tested. He Got the kick in as well in case, but. Well, what are you, I probably wouldn't say um put him in the squad, but what are you you, uh, you two thinking about Ben Thomas? He's got that brilliant kicking game. He's really impressed this season at fifteen. Can slot in at twelve, but I think a lot of people see him at, at that fifteen position. Maybe I don't know what your thoughts are with that.
1: I really like Ben Thomas. Um, I've yeah, I've actually been impressed with how he's how he's slotted into fifteen. Um, he had a good game at 12 at the weekend um, it has to be said and set that set that try out for Adams you know it's his, his kicking game and his, his ability to really wouldn't make this squad for me um, I think I'd like to see him you know perhaps do it at, um, on a development tour or a, you know a, the the dreaded kind of fourth international in the autumn a bit more um, at international level I think so I, I am, again you know he's, he's such a such an exciting prospect when he, he first started playing. Then you have that that you know bit of an interrupted by injury type thing. I just I think the best thing for him again is to, to carry on playing rugby and 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 for them to figure out what his best position is. I don't know what you think, Murph. Yeah,
2: it's
0: interesting. Shout um, I think it was Ben Thomas who did the crossfield kick for Josh Adams' try this it week, was, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And also mm-hmm. when he was covering Ian Williams at fullback, there was some amazing um, sort of uh, fifth. Uh, tw- attempts by him as well which some of which came off so yeah he's got that string to his bow and I think it's one of the major differences this year to last year is Ben Thomas being used at 15 instead of uh, Nipper Um, Mm. and uh, if Halfpenny wasn't fit I think he wouldn't I think he would be an interesting shout but I think just the security that uh, Halfpenny gives you with the long range penalties and everything else you know you know he probably gets a nod but um i said i i that's the type of uh what's the word uh, um uh, not bolter a uh, long shot yeah. selection that uh, feel, daniel yeah. daniel Kalik would, would uh, be all in favor of he would i can just you know <laughs> put him in chuck him in just chuck him in <laughs> <laughs> um i i like i like i like the thinking there but i think it might be it, yeah, if he, if if Ben Thomas was a bulkier bloke, I think he would already be in the squad as a twelve. But mm. they, if you remember the Ospreys game on New Year's Day, they were trying to run down that ten-twelve channel all the time because it was Jared and Ben Thomas in that mm. position. So you know, even if you had a strong a strong defensive ten like a bigger alongside him, is still attractive for the likes of. Nearly every side, <laughs> the French and the Irish would be looking for it. So he, he's probably, I don't know, 10 kilos maybe away from being an international, a properly ball-playing international 12. Um, so 15 might be his future if he's going to be an international, but um, maybe he needs to be there every week for that, for that to come yeah. off.
1: That's that's what I yeah. think. I think you put it you put it better than I did. But yeah, you know, interesting interesting prospect. So with that in mind, Liam Williams, Lee Halfpenny is your out kind of your eight fullbacks. Josh Adams, Rio Dyer, Lewis rees That's it. And I mean, I know there's a, there's a slight fitness concern over over
0: Rees- Sammut, isn't there? Mm. Um, I think I think Josh Adams is carrying a problem with his knee as well. Do you? Mm. Yeah, he's heavily strapped, and he's not. He, the try he scored on New Year's Day with the crossfield kick. He seemed to be running at half stride length. He's chop, mm. choppy stride. And I think there's an issue there, either, either knee or hamstring, which he's carrying through the season. So um, it could end. It could end up. It could end up being um, not only because of injury, but it could end up being Rio, uh Sammet, uh, and uh, Liam Williams as a back three.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, no. No shortage of uh, no shortage of gas there though. And I, again, in a disappointing Dragons um, performance on Friday night, he just he seems to surprise himself with his strength. I think we all know how quick he is, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it's just because he um, you know kind of changes the point of contact as he's going into tackle and um, you know he's, he's, he's approaching contact, um, but he he bursts past so many players, and I don't know if they're they're looking and thinking, oh he's you know he's he's a bit. You know, he's not the he's not the biggest, but he just he beats players so easily, and I, I think he's um oh, he's such such an exciting player. Um, you know, I, I said when he was selected in the autumn, I, that I thought you know he's he's raw, and perhaps it was maybe a bit too soon, and I definitely wrong on that. I think he looks he looks come every inch to an international player to me, and he's just yeah so exciting. Um, so yeah, it's good to have some genuine gas in the uh, in the back three, and, and Josh Adams just continues to continue to impress and score tries if uh, if that squad's named or anything close to that i um i'd be i'd be quite uh, I'd be quite happy um i think we've done a half decent job there fellas
0: do you think there'll be any real shocks in Gatlin's squad that we haven't anticipated
1: well um not now you've suggested the the ending of uh, of ken owens and alwyn jones career and even um, tips the- yeah, ante- <laughs> God, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, swinging the axe. Um, not now. You've covered all those eventualities. Um, will there be any surprises?
0: Um, uh, you know, could-
1: I think it will be a slightly more ambitious side than perhaps people are expecting. I think people will be expecting him to go back to all his tried and tested favourites, um, <laughs> and I think I think there'll be a few, you know, uh, the odd the odd player or two in there. Um, that he'll be excited, excited to watch, and and I think what's perhaps more interesting is when he names his first 23. Um, like you say, I, I think it might be you know it might be there that you've got you've got Dary Lake starting and and things like that, who, mm. that 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 wasn't happening under Pivak I think there might be the odd bowl call or two based on these players who he's not had an opportunity to see because although we think it's Gatland coming back having just been away, he's been gone for three three years now, and mm. there, there are players you know like Lake and Shunza and. Jenkins and uh, you know even even Reece Samet, who he's not seen, um, he's not had the opportunity to pick in a Wales shirt. What do you reckon, Harry? Surprises ahead or not?
2: Uh, other than the ones we have saw sort of covered, it would be interesting that that back three really with a few injuries about. Um, so I don't know what he does there. Um, I don't know how fit everyone is, um, but yeah, it may end up just being the 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 three that you 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 think it would be so other than that i think uh yeah it'll be it'll be interesting uh, when he does announce it
1: it will and uh of course that that brings us to conclusion for this week we'll be back uh next week to uh, to cover all of the comings and goings in uh, in Welsh rugby as we get ever closer to the Six Nations. So if you're not subscribed, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, if you've enjoyed it, leave us a review. Um, do that, again, wherever you get your podcasts. That always helps. Um, but we will be back to chat rugby with you next... Oh, sponsors, of course. Sorry, before we, before we go... Um, if you're in need of waking up, then uh, then make sure you get your hands on some top quality coffee over at SoCoffeeTrades.co.uk. I think I'm in need of one. Um, judging by the way, I've bungled through that last link. Mm-hmm. Um, but all that remains to say is a big thanks to Harry, thanks to Murph, and thanks to everyone for listening. We'll be back to chat rugby with you next week. Thanks for listening. Cheers, boys. Well
2: done, Jeff. Yes, thank you.